1: Welcome to the latest episode of the Championship Roundtable. I'm your host, Jake Jackman, and you can reach us at the show by emailing us, championshiproundtable at gmail.com.
2: Hi, I'm Russ Goldman. I'm the host of Cottage Talk, a podcast about Fulham Football Club, and you can actually reach me on Twitter at Cottage Talk.
3: Hi, I'm Andy Buckley-Taylor, representing Derby County on the podcast. You can catch me on Twitter at booktaylor64, where there's also a link to my blog all about the goings on at pride park
1: thanks so much for joining us today guys we'll start making the rounds as usual where each of us will have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our clubs this week we'll start with you russ a good victory today against cardiff to get through to the fourth round of the fa cup thanks to what i thought was maybe a little bit of a controversial offside goal but but it counted and nevertheless you got through what are your general thoughts on the game and what's happening at craven cottage at the moment
2: Well, what's interesting about the game, and uh, listen, it's wonderful that Fulham are moving on in the FA Cup, and uh, Sovici Okonavich actually is taking it seriously. So it wasn't our strongest side, but it was a fairly strong side. And uh, the approach was to dominate possession, which we did, and to basically just get the victory any way that we could, and that's what we did. But what you saw in this match were the, the, I guess you could say, the strengths and the major weakness that Fulham have right now. Um, possession, we're, we're definitely strong there. We, we can dominate the game, but, uh, it's clinical finishing that we are struggling with and you saw that in this match as well. So you saw the good and the bad of Fulham, but overall the performance was fantastic. We really took over this match and, uh, and it was, it was, uh, really nice to watch and it was nice to see, but also as a Fulham supporter in the end, you're, you're worried about that at end of the match. Because you're expecting the other shoe to drop that that they give up that that goal. But they didn't this time, and that was great. They they saw the game out. Uh I guess the disappointing fact of this is that they this is another match where we could have won three, four to one, but you know, in the end, they got the two to one victory. And uh again, it's a good sign we had we played Ryan Session in, in this match. He scored a goal. Uh, like you mentioned, Jake. There might be a little controversy to go along with it, but it was given as a goal. And uh, and we saw it out in the end and in the second half. So I guess you could say I'm very pleased that Fulham are moving on in the FA Cup. Yeah, I just want
1: to ask you quickly about Fulham, because obviously you're six points off the playoff positions. But you, you have the third best goal difference in the league. Right. Uh, you beat reading quite convincingly a few weeks ago i think it was five nil uh you gave brighton a good game and perhaps should have got something from that day which, which slightly annoyed me as a newcastle fan because i thought Ful- <laughs> fulham did deserve something but i just want to know what do you think needs to happen at fulham to sort of make that next step because it seems like everything is there it's just not quite clicking together at the, at the right time
2: you know what it what it really comes down to and in the brighton whole Albion match both matches really showed it uh fulham need to be a little bit more ruthless at the end of matches uh when you play a team like Brighton Hove Albion which will take advantage of any opportunity you give them, you're going to be punished. And that's exactly what happens when you play a team like that. They know how to finish. They know they are a complete team. They might not be the most talented team, but they are probably the best team right now or or co to go along with with uh with you Jake with uh with Newcastle. They're just a solid team and you just have to find a way to beat them. And when you're up on them, you need to find another goal. And that was a that was a problem with Fulham. You know, they had two minutes in that match that they got their two goals. And, you know, you can't afford to make mistakes because they'll punish you. And then when you have opportunities, you need to take them against teams like this. I don't think Fulham are ruthless enough. Uh, you know, and I think that is part of the problem. It's the ten percent we talk about on cottage talk all the time. And I think what we saw today is is it really shows it it's it's really this clinical finishing and to be able to kill off an opponent that that they're lacking right now and that's uh, and that really to me is the difference do they potentially need another center back maybe potentially an upgrade at goalkeeper maybe but right now it really is about a striker and that's what they're missing right now you know i'm watching this match and they're playing this free flowing football and they do this in all these matches but they need that striker that can that can finish, and that's really what they're missing right now.
1: Yeah, and moving on to you now, Andy. Derby, obviously a very good win away to West Brom yesterday. I guess, I guess you're feeling good about Derby at the moment. To go away to a Premier League team and knock them out is always good, especially when you're doing so well in the league as well. It sort of maintains that momentum. What were your thoughts on the match and everything that else is going on at Derby at the moment?
3: Well, obviously, I was very pleased with the results. It's a number of years since I think the last time we beat a, uh, a high league team uh, in a cup competition was going back to uh, the League Cup when we beat Manchester United in the first leg of a double legged uh, League Cup semi-final. Um, yesterday, Steve McLaren, uh, he made one or two changes to the side, um, to start off with at centre-half, Alex Pearce was rested, and Jason Shackle was brought back for his first start since uh, September. And he was immense. He was there dominating, you know, the back four. All the crosses that were going into the back four, Shackles there to meet them and had them clear. Left-back has been a problem position for us this season. We've had Craig Forsyth, Marcus Olsen, Max Lowe, Chris Baird has had a, a couple of games there. Uh, Akechi Anya has recently become uh, an emergency left back. All these players have been getting injured. So yesterday we brought in young Jamie Hansen, did a, did a very good job there. In the midfield, we we've, uh, we've got a couple of suspensions. Uh, Will Hughes and Jacob Butterfield were out. Uh, due to, uh, well, Jacob Butterfield due to his sending off at Norwich and Will Hughes to picking up uh, the required amount of bookings to enforce the uh, couple of game suspension. So what he did, he moved Bradley Johnson out to the left and we brought in a new loan sign in from Middlesbrough. He's described as a defensive midfielder with a, a good pass on him. Uh, Julian Dessart, and by all accounts, had a fantastic game for us, looking very promising. And he he, he looks like he could fill the role um, and and the hole as well, which has been created since uh, George Fawn picked up uh, the injury last season. And we still know uh, real word on when he's going to be back. Uh, Up front, uh, one change Abdul Kamara got a rare start on the left hand side. And uh, by, you know, he, he had a very, very good game yesterday was causing problems. Overall, a good team performance. Well, don't get me wrong, You I mean, West Brom, uh, there was at times when they were pounding us, um, you know, going on the attack, as you would expect a Premier League team to do so. But overall, a fantastic cup tie, a real competitive game. And, you know, th- these are the sort of the games that the cup, the cup is all about. And uh, by all accounts, you know, uh, our fans, there was over... 5,000 of them there yesterday made plenty of noise. You know, uh, I suppose a lot of people uh, would love to see this, you know, being a typical FA Cup game because it used to be like this years ago. And uh, hopefully, you know, these sort of uh, matches are going to be more frequent now.
1: You talked about signing the the midfielder from Middlesbrough there. I've seen today that that you've been heavily linked with David Nugent, some places even reporting that a fee has been agreed. Is that the type of player that you'd like to see come to Derby or would it be a little bit of a disappointment after being linked to Jordan Rhodes?
3: Jordan Rhodes, I I don't think would actually fit in our system, the type of football we play, you know, the 4-3-3. And I know we're going to get on to the uh, subject of Chris Martin in a few minutes, but... David Nugent is a similar sort of player to Chris Martin, from what I've seen. He can hold the ball up, so that would probably add a twist to the story that's coming up. And I could see David Nugent working better within our system than what uh, Jordan Rhodes would. Interesting. Some people are banding about a figure of three to three and a half million. You know what social media is like. I would I would say if it's a full transfer it will be another undisclosed fee and the journalists and social media will be there guessing. And, and three million, are you talking of the fee, fee rising to that or was it three million plus add-ons? But as for Nugent himself, yeah, I could I could see him fitting in our system quite well. Yeah,
1: it's an interesting one for me because I think that David Nugent gets a bit of a bad rep uh from a lot of football fans. I think he's very good in the championship. He's been promoted with Leicester, got promoted with Middlesbrough, contributed to both of those campaigns. I think he'd be very good in this division. I think he's the type of player that, you know, has that experience to take Derby to the playoff spots and, and you know, get them in there. So I, I think that'd be a good signing. Um, but yeah, just moving on to Newcastle now. We are sadly, we are also in the draw for the fourth round, but we're not in there on our own. We, we're, we have a replay to play, which is a little bit disappointing. We've not been that good since the end of uh, November, since we lost to Blackburn. I don't think we've recovered since then. We've we've not played well at all, uh, not as well as we did before that. And it is a growing concern. But at the same time, we're six points clear of third. We can't get too upset about it. We're still doing well. I think every single team at the top of the table is going to have a blip like this. Ours has come now. Hopefully it will end soon and we can go through a consistent run until the end of the season. But a lot of changes were made at Birmingham. We played three-five-two, so we changed away from our normal formation. So that, that's another reason why it maybe didn't go as well as as well as it has done. We we brought in Daryl Murphy, who got a goal. Who I think is similar, similar to um David Nugent, who we just discussed. He's sort of got that experience in the championship. He maybe he's not gonna play for us if we do go up. But I think he's got a big role to play between now and the end of the season. He really impressed me. Worked hard. The defenders didn't like to play against him. And I think he he deserves a bit more of a chance. Alexander Mitrovic went off injured. It it looked quite bad. He he had like oxygen mask and and strapping around his leg. And there was fears that it could be a broken leg or or something like that. But since then it's come out, they just had a really bad cut. If you see it on social media, it's an awful picture. But it's a good thing for Newcastle that he's not going to be out for months. He's going to be weeks. I think that's a good thing. But yeah, it wasn't great. I think Birmingham perhaps were the better team of the day. But we got the draw. We'll take it back to St. James Parker. And I'm confident we can finish the job up there. So it's not ideal to have another game, but it's better than losing. So we'll take it.
3: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
0: Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
1: But yeah, just moving into the main topic for today now. Uh, you mentioned it there, Chris Martin. Uh, I just want to ask you both your views on the situation and how do you think it will end and what would be the best conclusion for each of your clubs? So I'll let you start on this, Russ, if, if you want to just give us a lowdown on what's been happening.
2: Sure. Listen, it's been a very difficult situation with what's been going on. And part of the reason why it's been difficult, Jake and, and Andy, and Andy will, will attest to this, is that he knows how good of a player uh, Chris Martin is. And... He fits in perfectly with how we want to play right now, so that makes this situation even harder. Uh, he really is that hold-up player. So when he's talking about when Andy was mentioning David Nugent, we we've already been talking about it on Cottage Talk. We would like David Nugent, so that would obviously be uh, a very good get for Derby County because you know our you know our formations might be a little bit different, but but we we, we can play similarly. We want a player that can hold up the ball. And that's what Chris Martin can do. That's what David Nugent can do. So what what has been going on is that after the Boxing Day match, you have this situation where, where FOMA coming off of this, this victory against Ipswich Town playing well and looking like they could potentially kick on. And then you have have that match that that again was was um was suspended for, for fog on Friday night. But before that, you have all the speculation coming out that chris martin wants to go back to Derby county and and uh you know and there has been talk that he was refusing to play uh talk since then has been that that uh the players claim claiming to be injured so you know you can believe what you want to believe but regardless he has not played since that it's which match for fulham so it's it's been hard because the way that fulham have been playing lately he fits in perfectly in that system. And it really is starting. It was starting to really take fold with him in it. So that has made things difficult. Uh, and then of course you have. The entire situation now, you know, uh, full fans are, are irate. They're, they're very upset. I, I have two co-hosts that have told me on cottage stock that they never want to see him wear the shirt again. And And honestly, I understand that. The one thing, if it's true that he is refusing to play for the club, uh, that to me is is I uh, you can't go out on strike like that if it's true, and that's the part of this that has been pretty upsetting, uh, Jake and Andy is that um is that Fulham are really heading in the right direction, and then we have this situation dropped on us, and that's you know, and that's what's been um, been difficult.
1: Yeah, Andy, Andy, what are your thoughts on it uh, from a Derby perspective?
2: Well.
3: Uh, uh... Just going through it briefly, he was uh, let out on loan at the end of the last transfer window by Nigel Pearson to Fulham. I'll be perfectly honest with you, he looked like a player who needed a move. He'd gone off the boil, not just under struggling under Nigel Pearson's attempt to play 4-4-2, but also towards the end of last season, he'd gone off the boil a bit. And he looked to me like a player who needed a move and, uh, you know, needed to... Uh, Recharges batteries uh, either for a permanent move or to move back into January. Now, I think if you go right back to the start of the loan, this is where we messed up. If we had said, go to Fulham uh, on loan till January and then both parties have a look at the situation, then there would have been that little bit of middle ground where as if... He was happy. He could have stayed at Fulham um, or if he wanted to come back, he would have been able to come back. That wasn't the agreement, though. No, the agreement was Fulham, get him on loan to ja- till January with an option to extend to the end of the season. We have got no recall on him whatsoever. And if he is to return to Derby, it needs the agreement of all three parties. Fulham are playing a substantial loan fee here. Uh, it's about two and a half, three million pounds £3 million, isn't it, Russ? So, you know, they're, they're going to feel... They're rightly going to be pretty hacked off about what is going on here. You know, if I was a Fulham fan, I think my feelings would be pretty similar to Russ's colleagues on Cottage Talk. Uh, it is never good a player refusing to play. Now, Steve McLaren... Has been asked about Chris Martin by Radio Derby, and he said, "Naturally, if if um, it could be done, bringing him back to Derby, yeah, absolutely, he would take him." Uh, there's been various accusations of tapping up and other speculation, which I don't know. I mean, to be quite honest, if you're if he go, he, he, he can go out on radio and state. Uh, by making various statements, which is in a way itself of tapping up on the national radio. But he's, as unethical as it may be, he's he's not actually really breaking any rules. But it is a little bit on the naughty side there. What I think needs to happen, um, Fulham are not going to let Chris Martin come back. They've made that quite clear, the manager has said. He will play for the first team or he will play in the under-23 team. And, yeah, yeah, I don't blame the manager for doing that. Um, I don't know how the owners... If the owners are happy to pay the loan fee and for him to play in the under-23s, then, you know, go ahead do that. As with Derby, if, if Derby are genuinely interested in David Nugent, that would... Signal to me that Derby has said, hey, look, they're not going to let him come back this season. You know, we, we need to be bringing somebody else in to do the job because it's that, that start of player, for me, is essential for a Steve McLaren side to work. And if we are buying David Nugent, I, doesn't that send signals to you, Russ, that we're possibly looking at uh, losing Chris Martin for longer than the season?
2: It does, Andy, and that's what makes this situation so strange. The whole situation is strange, and uh, I just want to add one other thing is that uh, in one of us, uh, uh head coach reactions, I, I can't remember which match, he mentioned, you know, I'm paraphrasing, he mentioned that uh, Chris Martin has been offered uh, more years and more money from Darby County. So, you know, again, this could just be talk, who knows? But again, it's just another part of this Crazy story, and uh, and what I want to do now, guys, before we went to get ready for this uh, this podcast, you know, I I decided I would go back and listen to an interview that was done with Chris Martin at halftime of the Fulham Derby County match because I think part of what has been been uh, you know again confusing for me and for other Fulham supporters <laughs> is that we heard Chris Martin at halftime talk about potentially wanting to. Uh, be with Fulham permanently, and I'm going to read these quotes. He was asked at the end, of the end of the end of his interview, he was asked, you know, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the exact question asked to him, but he's, he says, would you, you know, basically he was asked if he'd like to stay longer than the loan period. Here's the quote from Chris Martin that I transcribed. Quote, yeah, for sure. I want to get my future sorted first and foremost, obviously being on loan. And I like to think that i taken the opportunity that was given to me but from a player's point of view, being on loan, there's a little bit of uncertainty. And for sure, I'd like to try to wrap up something permanently as soon as possible. But obviously, it's not always that simple in football. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But hopefully, something can be sorted. Okay. Uh, and those are the words of Chris Martin. And if you want to listen to it, I actually got this from, from Omni.fm. And it is entitled Darby Half Time." Chris Martin, you can go on that website and actually listen to it yourself. So that, to me, when when I went back and I listened to it, and I heard it live. You know, I'm thinking, what is going on here? Because he sounds like a player to me that wants to stay with Foam permanently. So I wanted to share that with you guys because, again, that that's just something else that just makes this crazy situation even crazier.
1: Yeah. Mm. From from my perspective, uh, not knowing as much about it as you do, it, I feel like he's doing himself a disservice by by doing these things because he's obviously on loan and that's not coming to an end. He should, needs to be playing football at his age. He's not he's not young. He's he's, he's in a good a good sort of age and he, he should really be concentrating on his football on the pitch. And he's in a good team at Fulham, one that is on a level par to Derby. I'd say uh, from from my view, I, I think they're very similar, both going for the playoffs. I don't really understand why he's doing this because all he's doing is hurting himself at the end of the day because if he goes back to Derby it sort of looks bad bad. and that that doesn't look like it's going to happen and if he's going to stay at Fulham he's only alienating himself from both the staff and and the other players so I'm not sure why he's doing it. Uh, What do you think would be sort of the best conclusion for Fulham? Do you think it would be to get him back into the team or do you think that he's burned those bridges now and that's something that can't really happen?
2: Oh, Jake, it's it's such a tough uh, topic right now, and uh, you know, honestly, you know, uh, talking to fellow supporters, like I said on my show, you know, they they don't want to see him. They they want him just to basically be the gardener at, at Mott's Park. I'm not kidding, you know, like 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 let him just 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 do some gardening until his uh, until his loans up. It, it, it's difficult because you see his value and uh, you see what he brings. But what's interesting in this last match. Fulham went to three at the back and played two up front. And uh, one of my co-hosts mentioned, could this be a signal that Fulham are, are trying to find another way to play without Chris Martin? Because they don't have anyone right now to play that role. So is Slavisa planning for life after Chris Martin? I, I don't know, but I found it interesting that, that he changed the formation today to have two up front and to play a little bit differently than they've been playing all season. Um I believe in one other game they they have uh, dabbled a little bit at three at the back but this was you know I mean they've been playing mostly one up front and today was you know three at the back and and playing differently than they've played so so uh, I give Slaviša credit because I I think he's trying to make the best out of the situation and I guess it's only wait and see but I can just tell you this that Fulham supporters are irate and uh you know about this situation and I think part of it also has to do with some of them, like myself, heard this interview.
1: Yeah, and for you, Andy, uh, I guess now Derby look like they're signing David Nugent. This whole, this whole thing is, is sort of irrelevant to Derby now. He's not going to play for you this season. You're going to concentrate on, on who you do have. But as a Derby fan, what, what are your hopes for this uh, situation? And how do you hope it's going to be resolved? Do you hope that he gets his head down and tries to get back into that Fulham team? Because at the end of the day, he is your player and you do want him to be playing football.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, I mean absolutely we want him to be playing, but that's down to Chris Martin himself. You know now that Fulham have stated that he will be staying there, you would hope the player would see a little bit of sense and get on that pitch. He'll have to take a a stick, for, you know, some stick from the Fulham fans for a few games. But you know what football fans are like. If he if he scores three, or four goals, you know, <laughs> They 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 may uh, be willing to put up for, with him for the rest of the season, and, and you know what 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 we don't want is a situation whereby Derby are about to do a deal for David Nugent, and just speaking hypothetically, that Fulham phone up and say, look, you can have Chris Martin back, and then Derby say, well, no, no, you can keep him now, and you're going to pay you know you, you know what sort of situ- sort of situation this can uh, escalate into, but uh, for me. I think we should uh, bring in David Nugent and play out the season. I think um, the best advice from our club would be to Chris Martin is to get your head down, um, you know, get on the pitch and uh, do the business for what Fulham are paying you to do so. But can can I just say, um, I'm not greatly impressed by the comments that Steve McLaren's made regarding the situation because when the local media were talking to him and they're saying, you know, Chris Martin's at Fulham now, would you like him back? Instead of saying, well, you know, if if there's any way we we can have him back here, um, yeah, you know, I'd welcome him back because it really does stoke up the fire a bit there. What he should have said is, look, he's a Fulham player until the end of the season. Uh, That is up to Fulham. Naturally, if they uh, were happy for him to go back, I would take him. However, he should have emphasised the fact is, you know, it, it. It's we haven't got power to bring him back, and uh, I, I actually think Steve McLaren hasn't really handled the situation um, at all well. But uh, I don't know what you guys think to that.
2: Thank you for saying that, Andy. Seriously, uh, because uh, I know it's difficult. He's your manager, and and it's hard. To, uh, to say something like that, but uh, that's been something that has bothered me during this whole situation, has the way Steve McLaren has handled this. There's a way of handling it, you know, like you said, to the media you could say one thing, the way you just said it, and you could always talk to the club if you want, you know, but do it behind the scenes. He was stoking the fire here, he was, you know, he was getting it out there, and then, and then it became a runaway train
1: yeah just to wrap up on my thoughts on this i think that you know andy's right if he does get back into the Fulham team and he scores a few goals then this will be maybe not forgotten about but put to one side and fulham can start concentrating on pushing for those playoffs again yeah. and strangest things in football have happened he he could score the goal that that gets fulham a playoff spot in place of derby i can see that happening it's the type of thing that happens in football so it I, I, I think he probably will get back into that Fulham team at some point. If he's going to stay there and Fulham are going to pay him the money, they may as well get make the most of it. And, and you know, the other players, I can see it, it will all be brushed under the carpet if he can't get that move back to Fulham, uh the, to Derby. Sorry, I, I think it was sort of a power play from him. He's seen if he can get it to happen and, and it looks like it's not going to. So hopefully... They can both remove on from it. Now, it might take a few weeks until he gets back into that Fulham team, maybe after the, the transfer window closes. But hopefully that does happen because it, it's not great at the moment. But just moving uh, on to the next topic for today, a slightly more positive one, I think. Uh, we're now over halfway through the season. I just want to ask each of you, for, what players do you think will be contenders for that Player of the Year award come the end of the season? Um I guess we've all got players in our own clubs that we'd like to talk about. So if you want to talk people at your own clubs and maybe people that have impressed you from other teams, that, that works well. Uh um, so Russ, if we want to start with you on this one,
2: well, I'm actually going to mention a player on your team, uh, Dwight Gale, you know, it's funny because, uh, Fulham wanted, or there was speculation the year before with Dwight Gale. I wanted Dwight Gale of Fulham and, uh, he's just someone that can score you goals. So, you know, I think that that he should be mentioned as, as one of the players of the season so far. You know, your team is where you are, and part of that reason. It's it. it, it uh, Newcastle are a complete team, but you also have someone that that is a clinical uh, finisher, and that's uh, that's Dwight Gill.
1: Andy, uh, who for you has impressed you?
3: I think um, I'm going to be looking no further than Brighton. I know they're your main rivals to uh, win the division. Um, they've gone on a, you know, a good, a very good run. They haven't yet hit the blip that they hit last season. And Murray's always impressed me very much, and I, I think he he shows he he's a natural in this division. He does what it, it does what it says on the tin basically, um, gets the goals, but not also getting the goals. Um, his his threat in the box often causes diversions for other players to get in on the act and uh, he's proven time and time again certainly at championship level is a class act and he would certainly be uh, on the list from me.
1: I've got a couple of players I'd like to bring up. Uh, Before I do I just want to ask you both about players from your own own teams Uh, because when I did write this question I did think of, of a player on on each of our teams so I just want to ask you I'll start with you Russell Tom Kearney do you not think that he could potentially be a contender for this award at come the end of the season
2: he could uh, he's actually playing very well he's integral to everything Fulmer are doing right now so definitely he can be uh he could be a contender I'll give you a, another name of a player that I, I I think is right there with him and that's Stefan Johansson Stefan Johansson has been phenomenal for us and uh he is right there with Kearney. We we're fortunate because we now have, you know, players that, that play central that that really are working very well together. Kevin McDonald and then of course Stephen Stefan Johansson and Tom Kearney. But but you know you wouldn't be wrong by saying either one could be, you know, could be in the running from Fallen because because both are having phenomenal seasons.
1: And for Derby Andy, I I saw you tweet over the weekend about Tom Ince and how you thought that he is one of the best players in the division on his day. Uh, Obviously, he started the season slowly under Nigel Pearson, but he's been really good since Steve McLaren came back. And if that does continue, he surely has to be in the conversation at the end of the season.
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, if he continues now, as he has done since McLaren come back, I've got no doubt that Tom Ince will probably win player of the season at our club. I mean, there are other contenders as well. Scott Carson in goal, been fantastic. Um, Been pretty solid, sort of like 95% of the time, which is as good as any other keeper in the division. Uh, He's been commanding his box. He looks very confident. Also, though, Alex Pierce, who I've mentioned before, um, who who came in when Jason Shackle originally had the injury and uh, has held his place ever since. And... uh, an honourable mention also for Bradley Johnson. Last season we signed him from Norwich. Started well, but then the the latter half of the season it, it, his head was really down. He wasn't playing well at all. He's coming this season. He's took over the George Fawn role in the uh, in front of the defence. Although with the new Loney coming in, one wonders if he'll stay there. But Bradley Johnson has been one of the most improved players this season. So I I think there you've got four very good shouts between now and the end of the season who's going to uh, be our, you know, player of the season.
2: Uh, Guys, I want to bring up who you think could be manager of the season so far. And, uh, you know, listen, it's easy for me to say Slavisa Jokanovic because I think he's done a tremendous job and he should be considered for that if they're, you know... for for the job he's doing so far. But I'm going to say right now, if I'm not talking about my own manager, head coach, I'm going to say Chris Houghton has done a phenomenal job with Brighton. You know, uh, Brighton came close last season. And when you, this is a team that is in the mold of their manager. They're, you know, again, this is such a well-drilled team, such a difficult team to beat. Uh, You know, I admire the job from afar that Chris Houghton is doing. He should be, you know, we should be talking about him by the end of the season as the manager of the season because he really has kept on going what he did last season and just added to it.
1: Yeah, for me on this one, I've got a few that I'd like to mention. Obviously, I, I'm just going to make a case for Rafa Benitez. I have to. Uh, of course as a you do. Uh, I. I Although we're not top of the table at the moment and it, we, we are going for a bit of a blip, this is a difficult division to manage in. It's a difficult division to learn. He's, he's never managed the championship before and he deserves a lot of credit for doing so, regardless of what happens this season with Newcastle. For taking this job on, he deserves a lot of credit. And if you compare it to both Norwich and um, Aston Villa... You know, you see the difficulty that can happen for coming down from the Premier League, it, despite the more money you have, the parachute payments, the, the squad you have and things like that. It's a difficult one to immediately do well in this division. And I think last season we saw that of Hull. Hull struggled for a long time and got into that playoff spot. But they were far from convincing. Um and again, you know, QPR, there's a lot of teams in this division that have struggled to do so. So I think obviously Newcastle have a huge advantage in terms of finances and the squad that we already had. But he deserves a lot of credit for getting us where we are it- in pole position to get one of the top two promotion spots. and I think even if we do not go up in first place, if we go up in second place, he's done his job. His job was to get us back to the Premier League and I don't see a real advantage of winning this division. So, it, Although it may come across a little bit embarrassing, embarrassing on some levels, I think he, he's done a very good job and if he keeps doing what he's doing, I have no doubt we'll go up. But a couple more I'd, I'd quite like to mention, maybe ones that other won't be looking at, but have got their clubs to overachieve a lot. I think if you look at um Barnsley in Ape, Paul Hecking bottom, he's done a very good job. They, they, they've they come off from League One. I think they started the, uh, near the bottom of League One uh, in 2016. And now they're near the top pushing for a playoff spot in the championship. And he, he's done an incredible job. They play great football, score a lot of goals. So I think he, he deserves a lot of credit for that. And if Burton managed to stay up, then Nigel Clough deserves a lot of praise as well, because they've obviously got a small budget compared to all the other clubs, even compared to Blackburn and Nottingham Forest. So he's he's done very well. And if they managed to keep them up, then he deserves some credit. What are your thoughts on managers, Andy?
3: Well, Chris Houston will be an honourable mention, because so many times we see a previous uh, Brighton manager, when they flunked it in the playoffs, uh, when we put them out, they struggled the following season. Chris Hewton, um, narrowly missing automatic promotion last season and then having the heartbreak of going out um, by the playoffs. They didn't get that hangover. He's managed to keep the chins up, decided it's improved and currently, arguably, they are the best team in the division. You know, challenging Newcastle, of course. But uh, my, my, my actual choice is would be, the first one will be Gary Monk at Leeds. I think he's done a fantastic job there. You know, <laughs> we've, got, we've, got, we've got a manager there who uh, likes to, <laughs> uh, we've got a manager there who um, had a hard time of it at Swansea. And w- when he was mentioned as a, a possible manager for Derby, he was one of those I thought, oh no, definitely don't want. But he's gone to Leeds, not the easiest of places to work. You know, they've um, changed their manager quite often. And I I think he's done a tremendous job. He's got them into that top six. I can see him keeping them there as well. And he's got the team playing some, you know, some quite nice football there as well. We play Leeds at the weekend and uh, thanks to Gary Monk, they're going to be a a much harder proposition than they have been for the last 10, 15 years. Um, Nigel Clough will obviously be up there. If he manages to keep Burton in the division, very, very hard task. Um, A very small squad he's got in comparison because they are, without being disrespectful, they're a small team. You know, not so many years ago, they were playing in, uh, well, not even in the higher uh, tiers of non-league. So, you know, he's doing a fantastic job there to keep them up there. And uh, he should be in the running if they stay up. But, you know, they're my choices anyway.
1: Yeah, I think they're both uh, very good choices. especially Gary Monkey's done some great stuff. And obviously people would want us to mention Yapstam and David Wagner before we move on, because obviously they're both doing good sure. jobs with Reading and Huddersfield Town. But we'll just move on uh, to player watch for today. Obviously, we, there was no championship games, but if we want to talk about our FA Cup game, uh, which player impressed and disappointed in your side's most recent fixture? So we'll start with you, Russell and, and Fulham's win over Cardiff.
2: Yeah, it's uh, interesting. I'm, I'm going to be hard-pressed to have a player that, that didn't impress me because I thought they played very well. But uh, I will say the player that most impressed me was Ryan Fredericks. And uh, Ryan Fredericks is a player that has a tremendous amount of pace. Uh, you know, it's funny because we, we always talk about can he go 90 minutes because he just runs so much. Uh, but he was very impressive in, in this match and really was given Joe Bennett on the left-hand side for uh, for Cardiff City, all kinds of fits. And uh, so, I would say the player that that most impressed me was him. And then, if I'm going for 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 a second, it would definitely be Tom Kearney. But but I'm going to give the edge to uh, to Ryan Fredericks in in the match this morning.
1: And the same uh, question to you, Andy: Who impressed and disappointed in your win over West Brom? I guess you'll be the same as Russ, and be difficult to pick a player that disappointed. <laughs>
3: Uh, I don't. I don't think any really disappointed when you when you go into a uh, to win a Premier League team uh, that that aren't playing too badly themselves recently. Uh, I think I would be nitpicking to uh, pick anybody for that. But as for impressing, Abdul Kamara got a rare start. Impressed, had it a bit on the left hand side. If he could do that in the uh, league, you know, in the league, if he gets a chance. Uh, that would certainly be a bonus. The Deloney Julian Desart came in, um, very impressed. Good, good distribution, good pass, you know, passing good, good all round tackling. Uh, I believe Steve McLaren has been, uh, scouting him for three seasons. Um, but the, the one that will get the vote from me will be Jason Shackle. He's, uh, been frozen out lately he, he picked up an injury um a few months ago alex pierce has came in and you know he's made the position is himself and some players will possibly go in sulk. you know he was a big money signing shackle and uh, he's took it on the chin he sat on the subs bench he's got his uh, chance with it being a cup game and uh he put in as a commanding performance as you're going to see from any centre half this season. So shackles getting it from me.
1: Yeah, and for Newcastle, obviously we had our draw with Birmingham. Uh, it wasn't perhaps the best result, but there was a, there was a lot of positives to take from the game. And, and when you don't win, you have to look for those positives rather than the negatives. Uh, I mentioned Daryl Murphy earlier he impressed a lot of Newcastle fans with his hard work and obviously got his goal. Although he might not be the most glamorous of players. If you put everything out there for Newcastle, you're going to be liked by the fans. And I think he's going to be one that sort of has a bit of a cult hero status over the next few months. I, I really liked his performance. So he's worth mentioning. Um, but for disappointed, I think I'm going to have to talk about a couple of players. Uh, the goalkeeper, Matt Sells, I've talked about him a few times on this podcast. He was signed in the summer, uh, I think, to be our number one. Started the season as our number one. Didn't really impress. It's sort of similar to to, to the Liverpool and Loris Carrier situation If you if in the Premier League, just to give it a comparison. He's obviously a very good goalkeeper, played in the Champions League. He was voted the best Belgian goalkeeper a couple of years ago. And we thought it's quite a coup for us to get him in the championship, but he struggled physically. He doesn't look comfortable from crosses, and he looks shot of confidence at the moment, which which is disappointing. And when you've got a goalkeeper like Carl Darlow also in the squad, you know, it, it's difficult to make a case for him being that number one. Hopefully, he grows uh, as he gets used to English football, but I, it's, I'm not too sure on that. And Cech Tiotte played. Uh, he looked okay at times, but he looked massively off the pace. He's only played once. Previously this season, which was a a little uh, cameo at Aston Villa, so it's not too surprising that he looked off the pace. But I don't think he's got a future at this club, and hopefully we're going to see those wages taken out of uh, taken out of the club this this window. Hopefully he gets a move somewhere else, maybe to China or the uh, UAE or something like that. That's the only place I can really see him going. He's he's got a bit of a reputation. He's played a lot of international football. I'm sure he could find a move somewhere. So hopefully that happens. But yeah, just before we wrap up, I just want to. Uh, preview our upcoming matches this weekend. Um, you mentioned uh, just a second ago, Andy, that you, you, you've you got a trip to Ellen Road to face Leeds. So if you want to give us your thoughts on that one.
3: Yeah, I think it's going to be a different story to what it has been over the past few years. I think in uh, like the past 15 years, they've only beaten us once and got one draw off as the rest have been Derby wins. And, and the, the win against us was actually at our place last season. A uh, very different uh, proposition to what it has been over the past few years. They're not only good in attack, because Chris Wood's always very, very dangerous. Um, they seem to be quite solid at the back as well. I'm going to this one where if we're going to win the game, it's going to be a smash and grab. Um, personally, yeah, if you twisted me arm right now, I would be happy with the point from there. It's one of the uh, harder games we've got left this season, and I will think, I will predict possibly a two-all draw, and I, and there's a little bit of hope in that as well, as much as a uh, belief.
1: <laughs> yeah, Russ, Moving on to your game, you got a, a home match against Barnsley, who I spoke about earlier, have quite impressed me this season. Both your uh, both your teams are quite high scorers if you look down the leagues. So obviously, Fulham's are, are helped by those couple of big victories at home. How do you see this one going?
2: Uh, listen, this is a must win for Fulham. Fulham have uh, 10 matches coming up. We've, uh, we put it in, in a group that, uh, you know, 30 points for Fulham to change their season. We need Fulham. Well, Fulham supporters need them to go on a run. Uh, and uh, we're looking in these next 10 matches uh, to get this run. And uh, it all starts with Bronsley. Barnsley. are going to be tough. Bronsley we're, were tough the first time we played them. But it is a Craven Cottage. And, uh, I, you know, I do expect, a, a quality performance. I think it was important, believe it or not, that they won this FA cup match because after everything that's been going on, I think they needed to, they needed to win. I think it was important to get that win. And now it's about building on that when I know it's an FA cup victory, but still it's a mentality. So, uh, I'm expecting Fulham to potentially win this match and kick on from there. That's, that's my hope. It, but but again, uh, I have to give respect to Barnsley; they've had a very good season, and they're not, and it's not going to be an easy game at all.
1: Yeah, and finally, Newcastle have got a, a trip to play Brentford, who obviously beat Eastley at the weekend. So, it's it, it, they've not had maybe the best season as good as they have in the last couple of years, but it's one that is tricky especially after Scott Hogan goes we saw when we went to Fulham at the start of the season after they sold Ross McCormack that it can sort of galvanize the players that are at the at the, school, uh, at the club still Matt Smith on that day got the goal as Ross probably remembers well and he's not really done that much since so it, it, hopefully a, uh, a Brentford player doesn't do something similar they've got a lot of good players I'm slightly nervous about this one because I'm hoping to go to this match. And normally, when I go to an away match, we always lose. So that's not good. That's not great. But I don't know. We still have Shelby suspended. We got Diarmid at the African Cup of Nations. Atsu at the African Cup of Nations. With a lot of our creativity out of the team. It's good that Shelby's the last game that you'll miss because he's so important to us and we've missed him massively. Hopefully, we'll see a couple of players come in this week. Tom Cleverley uh, could come in, uh, especially if Everton get Morgan on, uh completed, as they hope to do. So, hopefully, we we'll get Tom Cleverley in because we need a bit of creativity in that midfield. We've not had it the last few weeks and we've really struggled. I'm going to predict a win, purely because I feel, I feel like we're due a, a good performance from these players. So I hope, uh, the likes of Jack Colback might not be playing as much when Shelby comes back so it's maybe his last opportunity to impress and I'm hopeful I, I don't think Brentford have been that good recently but they do have a lot of good players and we should be respectful to them but I want to go for, for a narrow Newcastle victory to get us back on track in the league but with that we're out of time so if you would like to tell people where they could reach you or anything you're involved in now would be a good time.
2: Okay, well, you can reach me on Twitter at Russ underscore Goldman and also at the show Cottage Talk. Those are the Twitter accounts that you can reach me. You can also listen to the show on blogtalkradio.com slash Cottage Talk. We're on the TuneIn app. Uh, the show, you, you can access it in many different ways. I post it on com. So uh, if you're interested in listening to a podcast about phone, please check it out.
3: Hi, Andy Buckley-Taylor, uh, Derby County. Uh, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at BookTaylor64. There's uh, also a link on there to my blog, which tells you the, my thoughts on the happenings at Pride Park.
1: And my personal Twitter account is at Jake Jackman with two Ns. Uh, I write for EPL Index on the Premier League. Uh, the boot room uh, uh, on the premier league and, and championship and things like that and i also write about newcastle for newcastle 360 so check all those websites out there all worth a look um and finally just thanks for uh russ and andy for joining us today and you everybody for listening as well we'll be back again soon